things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to jump right into uh, our series. I'm closing out our Nehemiah series for some of you guys that are like, what are we even talking about? Nehemiah. We've been in the book of Nehemiah. Um, my beautiful husband is letting me close it out. I'm really excited. Uh, he was like, you got this, boo. You got this. And I was like, thank you. And so um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's going to be a lot of lion pacing today. This is how I get my cardio in. I don't have any cardio, so you'll hear a lot of, <gasps> and so it'll be fine. We're going to do great together. Um, but whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, know that we love you, that we see you. And that we believe that the word today is meant to be something that's truly going to deposit deep in your heart. That's going to cause you to want to not only live changed, but be the change where you are. Amen. Uh, Lord, we love you. There's none like you, Lord. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your bread. We thank you, God, that we will never be hungry with the word of God. And we thank you, God, because you are working on our behalf. Lord, I pray that this revelation be your revelation and not my words. Lord, I pray that we leave here encouraged. Lord, I pray that we leave here feeling, not just knowing, but feeling the shift in our hearts. So, God, we can go out and uh, you are already famous, Lord God, but to speak your goodness to our circles and to our world. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Everybody says amen and amen. So. Can I do a quick recap? I think recaps are of the Lord. I feel like everyone needs to know it. I'm pretty, I think, Larissa, I may have put it on the screen. But week one, we, today's called committing, committing like change. Like we're, we're committed to change. And what I realized is that there's been a thread of change throughout every single week. Week one, change won't happen if we aren't working together. Yo, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need people to lift heavy things. I have no upper body strength. I talked about that. I did a whole thing about it. It was weird and awkward, and now it's on TV. But change doesn't happen if we don't work together. Week two, change won't happen if we're focused on outward opposition. If we're focused on the haters and focused on everyone who has something to say, guess what? We can't make any changes because we're focused on the wrong thing. Week three, we can't change or do any change if we're, not fo- if we're totally focused on inward opposition. Four, change won't happen if we're living tempted and trapped. Five, change won't happen and joy will never be experienced if there's no odor. How many of you guys went home and like cleaned a bedroom this week after Stavon preached that message on order? I did. I like may have purged my entire house when he talked about order and uh, I felt very convicted by that message. Um, He was like, what are you doing? I was like, it's your fault. You preached a message on order, and now I feel compelled to order our entire house. And then six, today we're talking about change won't happen if we don't actually change. I say this. Can I say that this message I'm preaching to myself? I'm preaching this one to me this week. So if 
it's okay if you don't get anything out of it, because I did. <laughs> and so we find Nehemiah. Guys, ten, uh, let me give you the condensed version. Nehemiah is a guy that has been sent back to build the walls uh, of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, they've been in exile for 70 years, and so he had a very high space in Persia where he was, and he had a lot of favor, and they sent him back to make this wall, and they built the wall in 52 days. It's awesome. Everyone's excited. They have been dealing with uh, haters and dealing with people on the inside. They know all the rules and all the things and all the right things to do, and they, they even have these festivals that they're doing. They're putting things in order. And we find Nehemiah and the people of God in chapter 9 and 10 doing a couple things that are so important. And some of you are going to be like, okay, now I feel like you're repeating yourself. Yes, repetition in the Bible. They do it on purpose so that we'll remember. It's a kingdom principle, remembering. That's why Pastor Stavon always says to keep God's resume fresh on your mind. Because then when the enemy comes and attacks, you'll be like, oh, I've done this before. So I don't know if you know this. I hate spiders. Like on a deep, deep level. Spiders are the devil. One time I was in a car and there was a spider and I jumped out of the car and the car kept going and hit a brand new car in front of me. I did this in front of a police officer. That was a $425 ticket. Just so you know, don't jump out of your cars. Anyways, what happened was I live in Florida, so I know all about wolf spiders. Wolf spiders throw their babies at you. You ever, you ever try to step on a wolf spider and the spiders come out? No? Nobody? They like, okay. Anyways, so I know this because it happens to me all the time. And I'll be like, oh, I know you. I know you. So the first couple times I did this, which was a bad decision. And then they were like, and then spiders everywhere. You know where you, yeah, right? I see you over there. Yeah, panicking. I'm panicking on the inside. And so I saw the spider. It was in the bathroom. And I was like, got you. I see you. And I see your babies. I went and got like the foam spray and like bleach spray. And I was like, I'm going to spray you. I'm going to kill you, spider, before you can throw your babies at me. What I did not figure out is that does not work. And so it may have killed the babies, but it did not kill the gigantor mother spider that then came running at me. And then I had to lock it into the bathroom, call my husband to come kill it. Why do I tell you this story? Because I had fought that enemy before. And I knew how to deal with its spawns. Some of you forget that the devil's going to attack you in the same exact way. And that's why we repeat the things that we repeat. So when that lady weirdo spider comes at you with the same problems and the same issues that the enemy always comes, you realize the enemy always comes at you with the same person or the same struggle or the same wilderness? He has nothing new. He's not a creator of anything. He doesn't create. He just imitates, and then he breaks things down. And he's been doing it for so long. So we find the people remembering. I'm going to read Nehemiah 9, 1 through 5 now. So here we are. They are remembering, right? These people have had a feast. They, are, they understand. They have the walls up. They're like, everything that they've done, they've done it right. We find them now on the 24th of this month. The children of Israel were assembled, and they were fasting in sackcloths with dust on their heads. I've never done that, but it feels itchy. And then those of the Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood and confessed their sins and iniquities of their fathers. Dude, they set themselves apart. They were like, we're really going to set these things in place. Three, and they stood up in their place and they read from the book of the law of the Lord. That's like their Bible. Uh, God for one-fourth of the day. One-fourth of the day. These dudes, for three hours, sat around and read the Bible as a group. 
That is the biggest small group I've ever heard in my life. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. So for another three hours, they sat around and worshiped the Lord. And when I say worship, they didn't worship like with music. They worshiped in surrender. They got on their hands and knees and they bowed low. We look at worship in a certain way, but the Bible looks at worship in a completely other way, and we're going to talk through that. So as I read the very first part of Nehemiah, I felt like the Lord gave me three things. Those that are committed to change, I'm just going to say them quickly, and then I'm going to talk about them, okay? So you guys that take notes. Those that are committed to change, because that's what we're talking about, right? Change. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. And spend time in worship. First things first, spend time in the Word. The thing about spending time in the Word is that it guards your appetites. It says that the Word is the bread of life, right? It's the bread. Y'all ever eaten a lot of bread? I love bread like Oprah, as you can tell. I love bread. I love Cuban bread. I've gained 15 pounds of Cuban bread just since I've been here on the west coast of Florida. You guys have this thing called La Segunda. And what it does is it gives you all of the most amazing Cuban bread in the world. I'm Cuban. I know this. We make great bread. But you know what's really great bread? The Bible. You know, it's funny. When Jesus in the Gospels is tempted, he gets baptized, and so he goes into the wilderness. He's like... Devil's trying to tempt him. He goes, man, you don't live by bread alone, like, but you live by the word of God. What are you guys ingesting that you're so hungry that you don't go to the word, you go to the news or you go to social media? I feel like so many times in life we wonder why we can't make the changes we need in our life. It's because what we're ingesting is the wrong thing. I know this for a fact because I have been struggling with ingesting the right things, not cheeseburgers. I was on keto for so long, I lost a bunch of weight. My friend Kaylee is in town this week. She's going to put me in the gym, and she's going to show me what it what, She's going to make me cry. And so I feel like I'm making all these right decisions to maybe get, get going again. Because I need to be eating and doing the right things. So I'm pulling in the right people to help me do that. The first thing you need to do if you want to change is be eating the right thing. They'll tell you. Kaylee tells me all the, uh, Kaylee number two, one, two. Kaylee all the time tells me all the time. It's not about what you do, it's about what you eat, which was very convicting because then I was like, but I want a steak. <laughs> Jamal, don't laugh at me. It's the truth though. They'll tell you it's all about diet. In the spiritual, it's the same thing. It's all about your diet. You can come to church all you want, but if you're never in the word, it doesn't matter. What are you eating? Every, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you ingesting that is coming out of your heart? If you want to change, if you are committed to change, then you will spend time in the word. And I'm not talking about a 15-minute devo in the morning. Can you imagine if you only ate a Clark bar for in the morning, it took you 15 minutes or maybe some grits, you know, and then, and then you didn't eat the rest of the day? No, man, I read books. I got audio books in my ear. I'm in my car. I'm listening to worship. I'm like, how much can I ingest of Jesus? Because if I watch the news, whoo, if I read anything on social media, if I do anything that is a part of a God literally imparting his presence and his purpose and his love and his peace and his compassion and every part of all of his fruits, I'll start spewing what the world is spewing and not spew what Jesus wants me to spew. 
Spew is not a good word, but you know what I mean. <sighs> if you want to change, my friend, you got to guard. You got to guard your appetite. Spend time in the Word. You have to spend time in prayer. A genuine conversation, a true time with God will build your faith and guard your heart. Bill Johnson, who I love, he's an incredible uh, pastor, uh, author. He says, if you come out of an intense prayer time more depressed than when you went in, you weren't interceding, you were complaining. Ooh, that's me. So instead, I go into prayer thanking God for all his goodness, reminding myself that he is still good and he is still God. He'll take your complaining, but that's not what it's for. Can you imagine being in a relationship where all that person does is complain? Yeah, my bad, Jesus. The second thing they did is they spent time in worship. If prayer guards your mind, worship guards your heart. What are you worshiping? What are you bowing low and surrendering in front of? I wrote this down that worship on Sunday has abandoned smoke machines. Worship on Monday is just loving God and loving his people with no one watching. I'll say it again. Worship on Sunday has a band, Sarah Kate, and the smoke machines. But worship on Monday is just loving God and loving people when no one else is there. Do you love God and love people when no one else is around? Do you? Are you kind? Are you the lady at work that nobody wants to talk to? Or do when they encounter you, they're like, oh man, I don't know what is up with this chick or this dude. And they are so kind and so loving. And then they start talking to you and they're like, oh wait, you, you're a believer? That's my favorite thing. It's my favorite. I don't give off Christian vibes, so my favorite thing to do is when people realize that I'm a pastor and I love Jesus. It's my favorite. But then it makes me wonder, am I not doing this correctly, Lord? You know, worship is not a song, it's a lifestyle, and those committed to change live out that lifestyle. And so we find the people of God in Nehemiah 9 spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship. So what we give our time to, we breathe out, my friends. What are you giving your time to? What we give our time to, we breathe out. I know this because I can tell you everything about the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. I'm embarrassed, but I can tell you everything. I can tell you what she wore, what she shouldn't have wore, what she said, what she shouldn't have said. All of it. I can do that for you after service at the next steps table. I got you. You want to know what she said? I can tell you. Kate Moss showed up. It's a lot. But I should be able to tell you everything Nehemiah did, which I can. I can. But I was very convicted. Had to get off the TikTok this week, guys. Had to get off the news this week. I took my phone out of my bedroom, started using Alexa as my alarm instead of my phone next to my bed. I just had to make some changes. I had to put some things in order today so that all I ingest is his presence. My God, three hours, three hours, three hours, three hours in worship, three hours. Like, that's a whole lot of time in your day. Like, God, I want to give you that much time in my day. I want to speak to you all day long, Lord. Because when I don't, what I give people is not who you are. It's what I think maybe you could be. And you know what? I don't want to give him part-time Jesus because part-time Jesus does not look like the Jesus that saved me and healed me and continues to love me and intercede on my behalf. And so, what does this mean practically? Chotty, cool. So the people in Nehemiah, they prayed, they surrendered, they worshiped. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, Pastor Chotty. What does that have to do with me? 
Woo! If you spend time in the word, then you live out the word. Here we find them in 29, to follow the law of God through Moses, the servant of God, and obey all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our Lord. And they did this carefully. Following the law isn't words, guys. It's actions. Well, Chadi, I don't really know what to do. What do I do? What do you mean, follow the word of God? What is this, what is this following the word of God? You guys that are real churched, you know this. You know the, you know the things you got to do to me. You know the things. How are you doing today? I'm oh, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I'm doing good. I can out-church anyone. You know, I'm just doing good, man. God's, he's a blessing. He's on the throne. You know, how are you doing this week? You know what? I'm doing, but God is doing more. I can do this all day. Like, like how, many, how many times does someone call? But like, you know what I love about our community is I can't do that because people will take one look at my eyeballs and go, you are a liar because that's what community does. It gets past all the facades and all the nonsense and it says, I see you, dummy. What are you doing? Stop lying to me. If you spend time in the word, then you live out the word. Well, Chadi, I don't really know how to do that. If you feel like you do not have a starting point, you always have a choice. Choose to love, choose to forgive, choose to be compassionate, choose to be kind, choose peace, choose self-control, choose Jesus above all else, because he is above all else. Chadi, I don't know how to live out the word, and just start by living out love. Live out love. That means you forgive people that are dumb. That means, like, your boss is having a bad day. Let him have a bad day. You know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get in the drama. He just did what he needed, he needed to do. And one time, he even made a whip in a corner. He was real strategic about it, too. You know, it's funny when people are like, we need to do something so intense. Bum rush everything. When Jesus flipped them tables, do you know he made that whip? You ever seen somebody make a whip? No, but I promise you, it took a long time. He sat in that corner processing, making a whip, thinking through it, making some life decisions. Jesus did nothing in a hurry. He moved at a pace that was the word in him, because he was the word. Are you living out the word? Are you moving at the pace of Jesus? Number two, if you spend time in prayer, in response, you live set apart. Set apart doesn't look like exclusion. It looks like love. People are like, I'm set apart so I don't hang out with sinners. Bro, we're all sinners. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Don't say that. Like, being set apart does not mean that you don't have friends that aren't believers. You actually should have friends and people you love that don't believe the same thing as you. Because you know what? It keeps you sharp. And it keeps you loving people. If you are only around other flashlights, your flashlight is useless. Useless. We're a city on a hill. How do you be a city on a hill? You got to be in the dark stuff to be a city on a hill that's a light for everyone to see. You know, can you imagine a lighthouse only ever on during the day? Stupid. <laughs> my mom always says that I say dumb and stupid a lot when I preach. Sorry. Okay. I can hear her in my head just like, mm-mm. Set apart doesn't look like exclusion. It looks like love. Living set apart and being set apart is two different things. Because living set apart, it's in your words, man. It's in how you love. It's in how you respect your husband. 
It's in how you respect your wife. It's in how you treat your kids when no one else is around. That's what living it out. Like, if you have to tell people you're set apart, you probably aren't. You know what I'm saying? You probably aren't. You're doing it wrong. Not you, Joe. You're doing it great. (laughs) I used to think that living set apart meant that I do everything correctly. And the Lord shall see it. And everyone shall know that I belong to thus. And, like, it was so dumb. So I grew up, like, very, very religious. And, like, you know, we were in pantsuits, you know, 90s. Pantsuits for a hot minute. And um, it was like, man, you walked in. It was like, Pastor, how you doing, Pastor? It's good to see you, Pastor. Oh, you're the arm bearer this week? That's great. That's fantastic. I went to church when we had transparencies for lyrics. Anyone remember that? No. Thank you, Miss Laura. So, like, back in the day, we did not have cool these things. We had transparencies. So my butt showed up at 7 a.m. and, like, wrote out all the songs by hand with my horrible handwriting. And during the song, be like, shout to the Lord. Got you. Ancient of Days, got you. In Spanish, got that one too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was how I grew up in church. And it was about real, all about kind of like, it was really legalistic and about rules. It wasn't about relationship. But Jesus is about relationship. So if you spend time with him, you will reflect him. My husband and I have all of the same inside jokes. Because we spend so much time together. Somebody will say something about a movie that we've seen and both of us will just look at each other and lose it. Because we spend so much time together, our inside jokes, we are intertwined in a way that is awesome. He'll just look at me and know. How are you going to be intertwined with the spirit, with the purpose, with the presence of Jesus Christ if you don't even talk to him? How are you going to live that out? I don't have to live out being married. Every decision I make when I'm around other dudes and when I'm not around other dudes I'm always married. I live in covenant with my husband. He is everything to me. You know what? I live in covenant with Jesus Christ. And so everything I do is about that covenant. I don't need to think about it when I'm in certain situations. It's always with me. I know how to talk. I know how to act. I know what to look at. I know what not to do. Covenant knows. And prayer is that constant reminder. Before my feet hit the ground, Lord, I just thank you for this day, Jesus. My bad for looking at uh, the Amber Heard thing on TV before I even jumped out of bed, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Okay, I'll move my phone out of the bedroom. Are you in the word? Are you praying? If you spend time in worship, you'll live from a place of rest and a spirit of generosity. (sighs) Okay. Hustle is not a kingdom principle. Hurry is not a kingdom principle. Hoarding is not a kingdom principle. Generosity is a kingdom principle. Rest is a kingdom principle. And so we find the people of God in Nehemiah 10. And what they're doing is they are honoring the Sabbath. They are choosing to be distinct than the culture around them. And they're honoring the rhythms of God. John Ortberg says, hurry is not a disordered schedule. It's a disordered heart. I lived in a hurry. I still kind of do. Honest moment. Maybe it's my job. Maybe it's the job I work in. I didn't have a lot of boundaries. You would get an email from me at 2 a.m. And I had to learn as I was watching people start to respond like me, 
with that, yeah, no, like nobody wants to live like that. So then I stopped doing it for myself and stopped doing it to my team until I started to realize that Jesus never worked at that pace, lived at that pace, loved at that pace. No, he honored the Sabbath. He, he took an entire day off just to be. Somebody once told me, do you at least take a Sabbath? Do you rest one day? And I was like, man, I got no time for that. I have like three jobs. The hustle is king, right? And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And they were like, well, I guess Jesus is not king for you. And he was like, Jesus, here we have God, the creator of the universe, who said, let there be light. And guess what? Light hasn't stopped. Took a day to rest. I'm sorry, are you like a surgeon? Are you like creating the universe? I was like, no, I make graphics. I sometimes preach on Sunday. And I said, why don't you rest? The people of God knew how to rest. So I'm starting this new thing this week. And that's on Saturdays. I'm just going to do family stuff. We already do it. We celebrate Shabbat. We, re- we already do things where Friday night, like you'll see, if some of you ever try to text me, it'll be like, Chadi has her notifications off. I try not to respond on Saturdays because it's my time off. But I'm going to start this new thing, and I'm going to say it publicly so that you know um, and to keep me accountable. But, like, I'm only doing family stuff. Don't ask me to do anything else. I'm only going to do family stuff. I'm also going to try never. I'm going to try. No, I'm never. I'm going to say it. We're not going to plan church stuff on Saturdays. You, you already told me this, so I'm just repeating you. But, like, because that's the day to rest. Are you resting in your life? No, Chadi, I work seven jobs. Are you a surgeon? Did you create the universe? Even God rested. And we find the people of God in Nehemiah doing the same thing. If you can't find time to rest, then you're worshiping everything else but God. God is the God of rest. Even if he's, He even found time to rest, guys. The other thing is um, we found them being real generous. Chadi, are you going to talk about money? No, man, I'm not talking about money. This is not a money message. I hate that the church, the Western church, has taken the concept of generosity and made it a money thing. It's a kingdom thing. It's not a money thing. Keep your money. Pay your bills. But we're going to build the church. And I'm talking about building people. You know what I love about this church? There are people in this room. We have a fund in our church. A part of your giving goes to paying people's rent when they can't pay it. Pastor Jen was telling me about this one situation where we paid an Uber for a week to be able to take this person to work. We've seen them buy groceries for people. Like, your giving goes to people in our community. There are certain things that Esteban and I have put money in that every time I see it, it's just like, it's just like my heart leaps. But it's not a money thing. It's a time thing. It's a talent thing. I also get the same way when I get to lead worship. So I get to lead worship next week, and I got to last week. Anytime I get to give up my time and serve you guys and love you guys, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. In the words of Gigi, I'm dead. Not just of my time and not just of my talents. But I, love, I just love serving Chadi, are you going to ask us to serve? I always ask you to serve. (laughs) If you haven't joined a serving team, why not? This is what we do. We're generous people. I'm going to go ahead and land this plane real quick. 
because you guys are probably like, please talk about, stop talking about money. It's not a money thing. It's a kingdom principle. You know what a kingdom principle is? It's reading the word so that you'll sound more like Jesus. It's being, an, it's being a person of prayer because you want to hear from Jesus. And it's a person that's living generously and understands the concept of rest and the principle of rest. You ever, <laughs> I'm going to tell this story. Oh, my God. So my husband and I, when we for our very first house was in a very bad neighborhood. We made a bad life decision. We were one of those people that's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to buy an old house and fix it. You know what I look like? Not a person who can fix anything. <laughs> so stupid. Bad decision. We're like, this is, a, this is like 20 years ago. We're like, this is a good idea. Let's buy a house that's falling apart. It doesn't have air conditioning. Florida. Stupid. Dumb decision. And so our house, because it was in a not-so-nice neighborhood, it got robbed like three times. The first time, everything on our back porch got taken. Everything. Everything lawnmower. I'm like, how did they take the riding lawnmower? Did they ride it out? And so <laughs> the second time I actually walked into the house as they were walking out. That was scary. So my husband decided to get a, an alarm system, really expensive alarm system put in our house. I was completely asleep. It's three in the morning <laughs> and it goes off because I don't know if you know this, they came back. And so they come back through the back door, the alarm goes off and I I'm up, I'm up. Walk over to the alarm and I turn it off and get back in bed. That means there's no police coming because I turned off the alarm. You know what's going to happen if you're tired? You're going to turn off some alarms that you actually need people to hear and see in your life. If you're not resting, you know what brings rest? The word. You know what brings rest? prayer. You know what brings rest? Worship. And not music, fam. Surrender. Surrender. Surrender looks like bowing low and letting God be God. And letting all the decisions you make and all the things that you love and all the things that you want be surrendered at the cross. Can we do that? As a, can we do that? Yes. Chadi, we can do that. Taylor, yes. Well, I'm going to pray and then we're going to close. But before I pray, I just want to encourage you because I don't know who's going to watch this later and to be honest with you there's a lot of you I still don't know and I don't know your walk but if you're just struggling I just want to ask you what are you eating what are you ingesting and encourage you this week to ingest the word of God Chadi I don't even know how to pray dude just talk to God the way you talk to anybody else you know what he doesn't need? To be reminded that his name is Jesus or Father God. You ever heard somebody pray? Oh, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father God, Jesus, Father. Don't do that. He knows his name. Like, when I talk to my husband, I'm not like, hey, Esteban, hey, Esteban, Esteban. This is what I'm thinking, Esteban, Esteban. No, just be like, hey, what's up, Jesus? So I have some problems. I just need to talk through it. Because guess what? He's God. Just have a conversation. And he will show up. So who are you talking to? In the words of desire, are you talking to some snakes? Are you talking to Jesus? And I would definitely encourage you to reevaluate what you're worshiping. How do you know what you're worshiping is messed up? Dude, you're not resting and you're not generous. You live in like one of them hoarders on HGTV. I don't know where you're at today, but I know that God is going to meet you there. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged, encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.